Welcome to the Bible, Culture, and Life, a podcast that explores the relationship between our culture and the Bible. In the process of exploring the relationship, our goal is to suggest how a Christian can live in our world today. So fasten your seatbelt and let's begin. My name is Dr. Randy, and I will be your host on the Bible, Culture, and Life. As the name of this podcast suggests, I will be talking about how to live life within the American culture without violating the principles found in the Bible. I think the best place for us to begin is to define several terms that we will be using. The key resource that I will be using is the Bible. Let me give you a short synopsis of how I view the Bible. The Bible is God's Word. It reveals who God is. His plan for humanity is found in this timeless revelation. The Bible reveals God's provision to redeem sinful mankind through Jesus Christ. It tells of a triune deity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God the Creator, Jesus the Savior, and the Holy Spirit as a revealer of truth. Simply put, the Bible is a guidebook on how we should live. The next word that I want us to define is culture. The Latin and Greek words from which we get the word culture both were originally agricultural terms, meaning to plow or cultivate a field. As is true of many words, its meaning has expanded and taken on very different meanings than it originally described. Webster defines the noun form of culture as cultivation, tillage, the act of developing the intellectual and the moral faculties, enlightenment acquired by intellectual and aesthetic training, the integrated pattern of human knowledge, belief, and behavior that depends upon man's capacity for learning and transmitting knowledge to succeeding generations, the customary beliefs, social forms, and material traits of a racial, religious, or social group. Webster's definition is quite lengthy. Let me give you a more condensed definition that we will be using. That is the characteristic features of everyday existence within a society or a group of people. It deals with beliefs, social forms that suggest how we should live. But I want to ask the question, how should we live? What spiritual ideas, people, institutions, etc. give us guidelines and direction to how we approach life? I grew up with parents who had a specific set of standards for life. They would be titled today as conservatives. My brothers and I were instructed by our parents in a variety of different ways regarding what those standards were. They did this by their example, verbally explaining the acceptable standards, and of course, by different forms of correction when we violated those standards. 
But as I got older, there were other people that spoke into my life. My Sunday school teachers, my public school teachers, other family members, grandparents, aunts and uncles, etc. But there were other influences as well. Sports, television, comic books, music, and the list goes on. My parents worked overtime to keep me away from people and circumstances that would violate the standards that they wanted me to have. When I left home for college, I took my parents' standards with me. Their influence impacted me greatly. I remember that I tended to look at the circumstances of life through their eyes to a certain degree. As I grew older, I began to form my own view of life, to make my own decisions. But underlying those decisions were the basic principles my parents had taught me. The educational model that the Bible presents is God-centered. Godless people from the beginning of time have tried to keep the focus of education off of God. Why? Well, because they did not want to be confronted with the idea or the concept that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They certainly do not want to hear that Jesus Christ is the only one who can remove their sins. In fact, they don't even want to acknowledge that they have sinned. They do not want to live in a God-centered world but rather in a man-centered world. So how do Christians live in a culture that wants to remove God from the position of creator? I will answer that question in a moment, but first I want to make this statement. It is my assumption by calling God creator that he knows what is best for mankind. Actually, it's not an assumption. It's a fact David understood this, uh, and he wrote in Psalms 27, Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. And in Ephesians, Paul said this about God. He said that God gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. There is another important passage that Paul wrote to Timothy. It's found in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And he wrote this, If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godlessness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. These verses that Paul wrote to Timothy paint a picture of what Christians are facing today. Now, let me answer the question that I asked just a moment ago. How do Christians live in a culture that wants to remove God from the position of creator? Let me give you some easy-to-remember principles. I'm going to give you a list today, but in future episodes of The Bible, Culture, and Life, we will put meat on the bones of this list. The first thing on the list is read and study the Bible. You need to do that often. 
because it is the Bible that reveals to us God's principles for how we should live. The second thing is that we need to pray continually. One verse of the Bible says, pray without ceasing. Uh, We need to pray for ourselves in our own spiritual walk. We also need to pray for our family, for our church, and for other believers around the world. A third thing on this list is do not compromise your faith. Stand firm upon the truths of the Bible. Be faithful to God's truth. But if you make a mistake, don't you dare blame someone else. That is what the world does. We as Christians need to be honest and truthful. The fourth thing is this. Teach your children, your grandchildren, your friends, God's principles and how they should follow Jesus. This is so important that we leave a legacy and we make sure that those that are our friends, that we talk to them about Jesus, that we make sure that our family members know everything about the Lord Jesus Christ. These biblical principles are what will help us to combat modern culture, that culture that wants to remove godly influence. Our goals as Christians and the church are to not compromise our faith in God. Modern culture is trying to diminish God's truth or to destroy it. They want to replace it with what they consider to be the truth. This mindset has been using every means they have to accomplish this. In episode two, we will begin discussing the issue of truth, how modern culture defines it, and how the Bible defines truth. I thought it would be good to mention a few scriptures for us to think about before our next episode. I have asked Rob to read these passages. John eight thirty one through 32 So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John 16, 12-13 I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. 1 Timothy 2, 1-4 First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. These three passages are not the only passages in the Bible that speak about truth, but these three give us some important information about truth. The John 8th passage makes a direct correlation between the Word of God and truth. John 16, Jesus speaks of the Spirit 
as his spirit of truth and the fact that he will guide us into all truth. And then 1 Timothy is very important as well, for it connects our salvation with our coming to the knowledge of the truth. So, Rob, uh, do you have any thoughts uh, on any specific issues regarding truth? Well, I think if we're going to be covering truth uh, in this podcast, we definitely need to touch on just the cultural understanding of absolute truth because our current culture tries to remove absolute truth and tries to make all truth relative and subjective. And for people basically saying, well, this is my truth. What is your truth? Which is completely contrary to what we understand within the natural, logical, scientific world, as well as biblically. And so I think a lot of that has to do with this, you know, where, what is the arbiter of truth in our lives as people with a biblical worldview? And of course, uh, the scriptures are going to explore that, that the arbiters of truth really come from the word of God and the spirit of truth, which is God's spirit revealing scripture to us and revealing truth in our own lives. That is very, very good, Rob. In fact, those are the things that we will begin discussing next week. You probably want to know who Rob is. Well, Rob is one of the associate pastors at Central Assembly in Great Falls, Montana, where my wife and I attend church. He also just happens to be our oldest son. So is that good or bad, Rob? Well, I suppose it just depends on your viewpoint. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's good. Dr. Randy would also like to hear from you. Any comments, questions, or thoughts on the podcast, you can send them to drrandyrobertson at gmail.com. That's dr.randyrobertson at gmail.com. One other thing, too, is that we would like to hear about any prayer requests you might have so that we could join you in praying for those needs. And could you do one other thing for us? Uh, tell others about the Bible, culture, and life. Once again, our email address is drrandyrobertson at gmail.com. That's dr.randyrobertson at gmail.com. And thank you for listening to The Bible, Culture, and Life. <laughs>